See, here's the thing. I like Chuk Sikorafor a lot, and I have since he's been in Pittsburgh. Good guy, good teammate, good player. So when this flap happened with Mike Tomlin, I I couldn't help but wonder, like, really? Really? What could he have said that would get him benched? Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates in the same place that you found this. I reported today in my weekly Friday Insider feature on DK Pittsburgh Sports that what Chooks actually said to Tomlin, what ticked off the head coach to the extreme, and I do mean extreme because it takes a lot for words to get somebody benched, came within the final couple of minutes of that 20-10 to 10 loss to the Jaguars when Chooks made clear out loud that he would rather see the team kneel off the rest of the time as opposed to continuing to try to drive down the field and score. Yeah, I know. The Steelers were at their two. The clock showed 152 remaining, and it's 10 points, but you got to keep playing, you know? That's not, it's not an option to just say, yeah, we're done. So whatever he was thinking in the moment, presuming he was thinking anything, presuming there was any brain activity going on whatsoever aside from the obvious and real frustration of a very difficult day for the home team at Akershire Stadium, he blew it, okay? He he just totally 1,076% blew it. And Tomlin had no use for it. Obviously, Tomlin sees it as, you know, wanting to fold the tents or prioritizing yourself over the team and all kinds of other things that really is not something that's ever been known about Chooks through his five plus seasons in the NFL. But it happened. And I don't blame the coach for reacting the way he did. And honestly, between us, I don't even care if the head coach just used it as a vehicle to get Broderick Jones onto the starting offensive line, even if it was just partially motivated by that. I'll share with you a couple of things. I was glad to have found this out from locker room sources and had it confirmed, principally because I didn't want anybody thinking something that I didn't believe would have been the case, which is that Chooks would have said something, you know, truly awful. And you don't know. I mean, it's just wide open. You, you literally can't even put a frame around all the possibilities for what he could have said that could have resulted in that action. This actually, to be honest with you, kind of makes sense. Chooks is known to speak his mind. So at least this gets that out of the way. Okay, nobody has to wonder if Chooks is some, you know, evil dude all of a sudden. But I'll tell you, I've seen, heard, and read a lot of stuff about him over the past few days that really didn't reflect who he is at all. And that that bugged me. So I'm going to share with you a couple other things about him. And I'm going to repeat that he's 
he's all right. You'd really, really, really like Chooks if you had the chance to meet him. And you'd like him within about, oh, 15 seconds, okay? Uh, not super easy to smile, but has a friendly demeanor about him regardless. You probably know people like that. Big, wonderful laugh, bear-hugging type. And he'll stand by his teammates. Don't have to take my word on this one. Jones, who's just now taken Chooks' long-standing starting job, talked about this with us yesterday after practice. And he was asked, was there anything awkward about the situation right now between him and Chooks? It's not even awkward. Like, it's like basically the same thing like that was going on with like me and Dan. You know, like Chooks is like a big brother on the field. You know, just being able to talk to me and coach me through the things that he see, like things I can uh, do better, like giving me little tips and like what you know, just like you know. So uh, I feel like it's a big help for me. Um, just being able to like have him like behind watching and you know being able to just like have it's basically like having an extra coach. <laughs> Yeah, that's the truth. They're together, nonstop, on the field, off the field, ever since this happened. Chooks hasn't gone running and hiding. Chooks hasn't <laughs> tried to, you know, sabotage the kid or anything like that. As you heard Jones say, he's being treated now by Chooks the way he was by Dan Moore all through training camp and the preseason in the first few games of the regular season, they've stuck together. They've supported each other, the members of this line. And they're going to do that, and not without cause, for Chooks as well. And they should. There is no reason whatsoever to discard this player, much less the person, over what he said. The next of us, who's never blurted out anything that we didn't immediately want to stuff back into our mouths, will be the first. None of us is infallible in this capacity. Not one. And I'm even including saying stupid stuff to tick off the boss. Okay? Like within earshot of the boss. All Chooks did is something that every last one of us has done. You know... Recently, I want to say this was about a month ago, the subject of the the various big guys on the bookends of the line came up with Matt Canada, and Canada's response was, we consider ourselves to have three NFL-level tackles. And yeah, it's a luxury. It's a luxury in the league. But that's how they've approached it. You will still need chooks. You don't want to need him because it probably means that one of Moore or Jones got hurt. You don't want to see anybody get hurt, but you will still need him. They will still need him. And burying him, whether it's on the inside or the outside, would be a massive mistake. Not over this. When we come back, J1Q. Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. LGKG is a personal injury law firm in Western Pennsylvania that represents people hurt in car accidents or who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice. When the attorneys at LGKG make you a promise, they keep it. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG's been AV rated, the highest rating a law firm can receive. 
and they've been designated super lawyers. That's actually a thing for over 15 years. It's a rare combination. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them by visiting lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. LGKG. Q comes from Ben who says, Hey DK, Pat Peterson has been a bit of a letdown this season. I can swallow that, but could moving him around the secondary allow him to be a little bit more of a playmaker? You know, Ben, I, I don't I, I kind of feel the way you asked that, meaning the first part of that, you say where he's been a bit of a letdown and, and I can swallow that. He's 33 years old. He's achieved so much in the NFL already, and yet he's 33 years old. And there's only so much anyone could have expected, even though he was coming off a decent season for the Vikings with the five picks and solid overall play. Once you cross a certain line, and it's different for everybody, but it's obviously later for the greats and Peterson absolutely was a great in his time in Minneapolis. It, it comes like that. You hear that all the time in sports. The end comes quickly. The first thing to go is dot, 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 depending on the sport. Well, Peterson, he hasn't fallen off precipitously. He hasn't plunged off a figurative cliff. He's still out there making plays. He's still running with guys. There are times when it's not pretty, but I, I wouldn't say that you've seen any sequence over the first half of this schedule where you would say, boy, that team is really picking on Pat Pete. They are really going after him. We saw it with Levi Wallace, and we've seen games where the opponent has gone after the secondary but you've not seen a situation where they were like, there's the weak spot. Go after that number 20 out there. And I'd say that's to his considerable credit. I really would. Now, do you want him moving around? Do you want him sliding around? Do you want him trying different things? Do you want him having more of a surprise element or a wild card style where he can go fishing for picks? No. No. Two reasons for that. And they're both related to some other dude. One. Minka's out, or at least it looks like he might be out. You don't know at the moment, but Minka Fitzpatrick has yet to practice. And you would think he's got to get out there by today. Maybe. Anyway, you never know with a player of that stature and how Mike Tomlin will treat them understandably differently. But if Minka's not out there, the last thing you want is more unpredictability back there, more chaos Second reason is, if Minka's healthy, the last thing you want is two of those guys doing that because you want Minka doing that. So you don't make a move that would displace or make less comfortable your best guy in the secondary. So I think what what you're going to see here is Joey Porter Jr.'s got one spot down. I think we all can agree on that one. Joey needs to play. Joey needs to tackle, in parentheses. And Levi has shown fairly well. 
which he's capable of doing. He did that for the better part of the 2022 season, which is why he was brought back in the same role that he's currently playing. He can be a good football player. He can be a part of the solution. So if he isn't, maybe that's when and where you put Pat Pete in. That's, that's the most realistic scenario that I could come up with you right now for the outside corners. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers today, all week long, all year long, and we will be back after the weekend with a new show on Monday to discuss Steelers versus Packers. Have a terrific weekend, everybody.